Welcome back, Jake. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing all right. Doing quite well, actually. Uh, I want to congratulate you for real for getting back into Pokemon Go. How's it going? Oh, it's going fantastically. Um, it's sort of satisfying my need to have a lot of pets without the uh, without the cost and the upkeep and the uh, again, the eventual sadness that comes with pet ownership when they finally leave us. A lot of value in that. A lot of pets, not a lot of cost for food. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very economical. So as you've been out in the wild, you know, Pokemon <laughs> Wild, what have you found that's blown your mind? Oh, well, um, just the amount that there are. I'm, I guess I'm like part of the old guard. There were only 150 Pokemon starting out. And now there are over 300 at least. So mm-hmm. it's mostly just finding all the new ones and getting to know all the names. It's, uh, it's like an encyclopedia. There's probably more than 300, isn't there, if you evolve them? Yeah, I think so. It's got to be like... I can't even remember the number. I have to have to do my research, I guess, on that on that subject. The biodiversity of the uh, Pokemon universe. If only we were a Pokemon business, we could talk about Pokemon. That'd be cool, huh? Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Just spend all day. We'll uh, we'll get Niantic in on it. Get some sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this thing's taking off. Uh, anyway, flipping gears here. Uh, you've been putting up some uh, posts, so to speak, uh, blogs. Mm-hmm. With really cool subjects, I've enjoyed them immensely. Awesome. So, uh, where, where does this, where do these ideas come from? You're just pulling these out of your, or what? <laughs> nice censorship. Um, a lot of it's just kind of winging it. It's really interesting. There's a lot of information that stacks through watch history. I mean, it's a tradition that's been around for hundreds of years, so centuries. There's a lot of history to pick apart, and there's a lot of cool little stories here and there about individual watch companies, different types of branding when you bring in like American companies and the industrial revolution kind of kicking off a sort of a wider mass appeal for watch use. Yeah, that's cool. This, this industry has been around so long and the history is crazy. I mean, you could go on and on. I guess we will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as, as it were, that's sort of what we're here to do, I guess. Uh, there's a couple of uh, blogs that I saw or read. Um, and even watched because we do spin them into videos. Mm-hmm. But um, one of them was about the 10 and 2, the hands being at 10 and 2 on the advertisements. Oh, yeah, watch advertising. That's always fun. The smiley face. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, like Rolex having them at 10 and 11 and 30, and the sweep hand at 31 seconds. What's the deal with that? Oh, it's kind of strange, but I think it's mostly Rolex trying to show off. I kind of they were the originals, so the ten and two position got slightly adjusted. Part of it, I believe, was so that the second hand at the bottom at the thirty-one would reveal anything that was at the six o'clock. Cause a lot of time it will say like Perpetua and things like that at the bottom. Yeah. And then you also have a larger sort of date bubble on the Rolexes, and so the uh, minute hand being where it's at still leaves a lot of room for you to be able to see that sort of enlarged or magnified date as well. I'd imagine that some big wigs making a lot of big wig money sat there and thought, what could we do with the hands and like took two weeks to decide. Yeah, just a a board of whatever, you know, vested interested businessmen sitting around making decisions, but like a catered buffet next to them and <laughs> they're like, let's do this. We panned at thirty one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hair very well like manicured with suits. Eating hors d'oeuvres. 
Yeah, with their boat ready to go for the weekend yacht. Exactly. I don't know, but that was cool. So what about the Mickey Mouse uh, watch history story? That one's cool. Oh, that one's really cool. I mean, the character design of Mickey started a little bit later than when Walt Disney started out, but him and his brother, um, they actually, the Disney brothers, decided to get into marketing and sort of licensing for their cartoon characters. And Mickey Mouse is the one that really took. They teamed up with a marketing guru named Kay Kamen. He actually got on their brand and got them set up with home appliances, you know, spoons, forks, you know, like silverware, all this stuff. But the thing that really took was the wristwatch when they teamed up with Ingersoll, which was part of the Ingersoll, um, oh, what is it? can't think of the... They essentially became Timex, long story short. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what ended up happening was that initial branding really took off for them with watches. The watches were really affordable, even through the Great Depression. And then from there, they made a lot of money in licensing and were able to make bigger productions, things like, um, oh, you know, Bambi. Um, Isn't it crazy to think that they were struggling at one time? Oh, yeah. Uh, Disney's first licensing actually came before they even met Kay Kamen. He sold for $300 the likeness of Mickey to be used on writing tablets for school children in a hotel lobby. There's no way that would go for anywhere close. Even with the money today, what is it in real money? Oh, in real money today, it was like about $4,000. Yeah, that's just giving it away. Yeah, basically. (laughs) A desperate move. There's a famous quote from him saying something along the lines about, like, me and my brother were always just looking for money, so we took it. Well, that sounds familiar. Yeah. When you're starting out, you got to start somewhere, I guess. That's yeah. a popular phrase. Yeah. And now it's all about brand for them, and of course, they win. Oh, yeah. Is there exactly. anything else you wrote about that um, you'd be like, oh, that was pretty cool, actually? I really enjoyed writing about watches in westerns. That was a really cool history because a lot of America's history is tied, you know, this idea of the American West. And at that same time, bigger watch companies were starting to emerge because of the Industrial Revolution. You had ways to swap out parts and make them more affordable. So even cowboys and cowpokes out West were using them. And that ended up bleeding into modern Western movies and TV shows and video games and such. So it's really cool to see sort of that history carried over into of like modern interpretations of that old style. And we spun that into a video, and one thing we talked about, which you basically talked about, was the fact that they're so accurate. These these movies and video games are so accurate to the way it was. Every detail is amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you couldn't tell, um, I'm a bit of a gamer, mentioning Pokemon Go. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a recent release, and the developers of the game actually included different styles of pocket watch that were really period appropriate but the most common ones in the game are silver pocket watches which were what were being manufactured at the time they were made out of the same material as silver dollars so it made them cheaper to build and they had interchangeable parts so it was really cheap to uh, make them that's cool and uh, so do you own that game i do yes i'm on my second playthrough actually (laughs) (laughs) okay i should have (laughs) known 
All right. Well, we appreciate you coming out and uh, having a chat. No, yeah. Having a great time. And uh, I guess you've got some more writing to do, and we'll do this again maybe in a couple weeks. Sounds good to me.